0: Polarity is an integral element of life. Contrast is a reality in the universe. What this means is that both positive and negative coexist. The ability to recognize both the positive and the negative in any situation, thing, place, whatever it may be, is for lack of a better way of explaining it, a highly unbiased, impartial and objective skill. We get into trouble whenever we become biased towards any polarity. That means we get into trouble when we become biased, either positive or negative. People tend to become heavily biased towards either the negative perspective or the positive perspective or viewpoint. They begin to manipulate their own perception in whatever way serves them best. For example, let's say that you have somebody who is heavily traumatized by disappointment. This is a person who is most likely going to only recognize the polarity within any situation that is negative. Because by doing so, they don't run the risk of getting their hopes up, only to get let down again. Or for example, say that a person does not trust in their own ability to deal with their own negative emotions in a productive way, or if they don't trust their ability to see a negative and to do something proactive about it, so as to bring about positive change, this person is likely to reframe absolutely everything negative into something positive instead. In these examples, somebody has either colored their world dark on purpose or colored their world sunny on purpose. Both is to lose the objective reality of what is in front of them. It is to slip into subjective perspective. Metaphorically speaking, we can get into trouble anytime we view reality solely through rosy colored glasses. We also get into trouble when we view reality solely through dark glasses. But, that being said, today I want to talk about a pattern that happens that's in that rosy sunglasses category. A problem that crops up when we are biased towards the positive. The dysfunctional behavior that is rampant within society today and that I want to talk about today is negating negatives with positives, which is a form of toxic positivity. When we negate negatives with positives, what we're actually trying to do is to make the negative thing unreal. We're trying to convince ourselves or other people that it does not exist. We're nullifying it, abolishing it, and making it either untrue or less true. It's a form of denial. It is a direct and deliberate invalidation of that negative thing. We do this because we feel we can't handle it being valid, true or real. Because the behavior of negating negatives with positives belongs to the coping mechanism of denial, you would benefit by also watching my video titled How to Call Bullshit on Denial. So that you can understand this concept better, I'm going to give you a concrete and real life example. Amy was wanting to conceive so that she could create a family really badly. Her and her husband had been trying, in fact, for just over a year. And she did get pregnant. But three months into that pregnancy, she suffered a miscarriage. This was a serious traumatic blow for Amy. She slipped into a depression and started having panic attacks. She didn't really know how to socialize with people because what this did is it made her lose faith in her future. A few of the people in Amy's life simply did not know how to deal with their own emotions and their own thoughts, negative ones of course, when this happened to Amy. Because they didn't know how to deal with their own emotions and their own negative thoughts, (laughs) they could not hold space for any of the way that she was feeling or any of the negative thoughts that she was thinking. So, they reached for the coping mechanism of negating negatives with positives and as a result, did a hell of a lot of damage to Amy. They said things like, Well, now you have an angel looking out over you. And, well, the good thing is, you and your husband can focus on each other because once a real baby comes along, there's gonna be no time for that. They said things like, Well, at least you didn't get to know your baby because it was so early. They said things like, Well, you got pregnant once, so you can get pregnant again. Or things like, You know, it was probably for the best, because if that happened, there's probably something wrong. Needless to say, these perspectives only compounded Amy's trauma. As a result, she felt totally not understood, isolated and alone in her pain, and made wrong for her perception of the experience. Therefore, she started questioning her own sanity. There are several dangers inherent in negating negatives with positives. I'm gonna go over some of them for you now. Let's start with number one. When you are negating negatives with positives, you are in fact stepping out of reality. You're trying to cancel out the negative element of reality so that you can convince yourself that it doesn't really exist and you can feel better, because you're in an illusion that the positive is the only thing that is real. The problem here is, reality is your only access for actual personal power. Therefore, by stepping out of reality, you're no longer taking actions or making decisions based in reality. That means all the decisions you make and actions you take are not going to have the intended result. Because you're carrying them out on essentially an illusion. Because of this, you have rendered yourself not only out of reality entirely, but also unnecessarily powerless. So that you can understand this in a concrete way, I've got another example for you. Jen was a single mother who really, really needed a partner. So she was, of course, thrilled when she met Nicholas, who at face value seemed to be a really great guy. She moved in with him after about three months. The thing is, she started to see a whole bunch of red flags about Nicholas. But these red flags were not something that she could acknowledge. She didn't feel like she could handle the idea of a breakup or handle going back to it just being her and her daughter again. So, here are some of the things that she was noticing about Nicholas. First, Nicholas definitely fostered an emotional dependency. He would spend a lot of his time trying to convince her that no one else in her life knew her, understood her, valued her, or did anything for her. Of course, he went to equally extreme lengths to convince her that he was the only one in her life that did know her and understand her and value her and did do anything for her. Nicholas had no friends his own age whatsoever. And it drove her nuts, because Jen would want to go to these social gatherings, but whenever they would go to social gatherings, pretty soon, instead of engaging in adult conversation, Nicholas would wander off to whatever kids were in the area, and pretty soon she would find him playing games with them, and doing tickle fights, and it seemed like he was just a complete child himself. Often, Nicholas would get up in the middle of the night and leave the room and go do stuff. Of course, he always had some excuse as to why he had to do something other than be in bed with her at night. Because of that, she often felt lonely at nighttime and felt like he was leading somewhat of a double life. Nicholas was unexplainably nervous around police. Let's say that they made a plan to go somewhere and they would drive there and if they would drive up and in the parking lot there was a cop car, he would immediately change plans. The next thing is that Jen felt like Nicholas was much more interested in her daughter than he was interested in her. He was always suggesting doing things with her alone and letting Jen go do something else. He would often want to take her to ballet practice or have one-on-one time with her and Jen started to feel like she was essentially a third wheel. (laughs) Jen felt really left out of this little club that was going on between Nicholas and her daughter. Ready for the reality? The reality is that Nicholas was actually a sex offender who had established an incestuous relationship with Jen's daughter one month into moving in with her. The problem is, Jen uses positivity as a coping mechanism. And one of her absolute favorite techniques to employ is negating negatives with positives. So let's see what she did when she was faced with all of those negative red flags in her reality. When he was possessive and went to great lengths to try to convince her that nobody else except for him cared for her, she told herself, wow, this man loves me so much, that he's so threatened by losing me, that he's threatened by other relationships. When Nicholas would obsessively fixate on only spending time around a bunch of children, She would tell herself, wow, it's just so amazing that I found a guy who's so great with kids. And not only that, he just has like problems when it comes to adults because they're so pretentious and they're not very pure. So his own pure heart is totally drawn to children. She told herself that the good thing about him is that he is so willing to step up and be an integral part of her daughter's life. Not only her life, like so many other men. Remember how Jen used to lay in bed while he did other things at nighttime? Of course, we know now that that is spending time with her daughter. She would refuse to get up and snoop on him. The real reason why she would not get up and snoop on him is because she did not feel like she was actually capable of dealing with a negative reality, finding out something bad about him and then that of course collapsing her whole that she's got going with him. Something like, oh, he's got an affair. So, she told herself the following. Some people are night owls and it's really important that people feel loved for who they are. So when I let him get up and go do his thing in the middle of the night, I know that some people find that to be the most productive time. That's me really loving him for who he is. She told herself that Nicholas's avoidance of (laughs) uh, police was all about his need to protect them because, in her mind, as we all know, the police force is so incredibly corrupt right now that by avoiding them, he's definitely trying to protect me. Jen put herself out of reality and into an illusion that felt good to her. Unfortunately, by being out of reality, she could not act upon reality and therefore, she failed to keep her daughter safe in such an extreme way that neither of their lives will ever be the same. You cannot make the right choices And you cannot do the right thing in any situation when you are unwilling to look at the full picture of reality and this includes the negative aspect of reality. 2. When you negate the negatives with the positives, you run the risk of emotionally and mentally abusing yourself. You gaslight yourself when you invalidate the part of you that sees a negative reality. It is to suggest to that aspect of yourself that what you see you didn't see what you feel you have no good reason to feel, and that you should doubt your estimation of reality. You emotionally invalidate yourself when you do this. You dismiss and reject your painful feelings and thoughts. This is to send the message that those thoughts and feelings are unimportant, unacceptable, inaccurate, insignificant, irrational and not real. When you do this to yourself, this is how you are making a part of yourself or many parts of yourself feel. When you invalidate the part of you that sees the negative or that is in pain because of it, you are refusing to see, hear, feel or acknowledge it. Therefore, you're condemning it, not only to isolation, but to being alone and in pain. It makes you doubt your own sanity and feel like you're going crazy, which will make you afraid of yourself. It also denies you the authentic support you need in order to deal with what you are facing. 3. When you negate negatives with positives, Guess what? You run the risk of emotionally and mentally abusing other people. You run the risk of gaslighting the crap out of them. You run the risk of making them feel like the way that they feel, they have no good reason to feel. So if they don't feel differently, they feel that way, but they're being told that there's something seriously wrong with them, if they feel that way, that kind of sets a person up against themselves, doesn't it? you run the risk of dismissing and rejecting the other person, making them feel like what they think and feel is unimportant, unacceptable, insignificant, inaccurate, irrational, and not real, and condemning them to being not only alone, but in pain alone. It makes them doubt their sanity and feel like they're going crazy, which makes people afraid of themselves. It denies them the authentic support they need in order to deal with what they are facing. 4. When you negate the negative with the positive, you are in fact employing a coping mechanism. I want to talk to you about coping mechanisms for a second here. When you cope with something, what you are doing is making a specific alteration, so as to adapt to a stressor. So by definition, when you're coping with something, you're not making a change to the stressor, you're not eradicating it. Instead, you are adapting to its staying. Now we run the risk, any time that we employ a coping mechanism, of simply adapting to something that can be changed, or eradicate it, unnecessarily. By doing so, we keep ourselves trapped in a situation that we aren't actually trapped in. When we negate the negative with the positive, we are often keeping ourselves in detrimental situations unnecessarily and failing to change things that we should change and can change. We've succumbed to false powerlessness, albeit disguised with a positive facade. Metaphorically speaking, instead of realizing that we're in jail and getting ourselves out of jail, we are spending our time convincing ourselves that being in jail is a good thing or that we actually aren't in jail. To understand more about this, watch my video titled How to Let Go of a Coping Mechanism. 5. When you negate the negative with the positive, you are in fact in a state of avoidance and a state of resistance. This means you're using your recognition of the positive elements of reality as a tool of resistance and a tool of avoidance. Uh oh! Whatever you resist, persists in a universe managed by the law of mirroring. You're trying to shut part of reality and anything associated with that reality down. And guess why this is so dangerous? Because, if we get a reflection, meaning something in our life, this external mirror here, something is negative, right? If we don't recognize that, and then use that as a process of personal alchemy, to design what we would want instead, and make some kind of tangible change, if we don't recognize it and therefore are unresponsive to it, it's an invitation for the reflection to get bigger. Now, we all know that when reflections, especially negative ones, get bigger because we didn't recognize it and we're not responsive to it, it's kind of a recipe for suffering on this earth. Essentially, the situation, the thing that you're not recognizing this negative is gonna escalate to a point where it's so big, it spells disaster for your future. Believe me, this universe loves to put you in situations where you can no longer deny what it was that you were denying. 6. When you negate the negative with the positive, you're actually thwarting your own personal expansion and personal growth and therefore thwarting expansion within the universe at large. Growth comes from facing the unwanted, gathering insight regarding it, letting it define what you want instead, and the process of alchemizing oneself in one's life so as to create improvement and ultimately to achieve what is wanted. Recognition of the negative is what creates movement and change. Without it, stagnation occurs. For example, I want you to imagine that a certain family has all kinds of dysfunctional family patterns. But no member of this family is willing to look at those dysfunctional patterns because they don't want to look at the negative. Instead, all they want to look at is positives. And all they want to tell themselves is a positive narrative of the family. When this is the case, stagnation in this family actually occurs. Not only does stagnation happen, this dysfunction continues to be perpetuated amongst these family members and carry on from one generation to the next. If each member of the family only recognizes the positive in the family and uses positives to negate every negative about the family, they're in an illusion about their own family. They're creating an overlay and expecting every other member of the family to buy into that Overlay, and anyone who tries to make the family system improve by bringing up and trying to change the dysfunction will then be ostracized. The consciousness of any family group that falls into this space of stagnation, of perpetuating dysfunction no matter what, is an invitation to the universe. And I will promise you, if you haven't seen it in your own family already, the universe has all kinds of tricks up its sleeve for shaking up families like this. When you negate the negatives with the positives, you thwart progress. You thwart it in yourself, you thwart it in other people, you thwart it in the world, and you thwart it in the universe at large. Toxic positivity in its many forms are often very subtle. And in today's world, we don't recognize how detrimental it is because we are normalized to this behavior. Many of us still think that all forms of positivity, including, but not limited to, negating the negative with the positive is a good thing. But, when we remember this and realize how normalized we are to it, we definitely shouldn't forget the fact that once we thought that heroin was an excellent cough medicine. (laughs) So, it's important for us to recognize this detrimental behavior and to end it within ourselves. And also encourage other people to put an end to this toxic behavior. So that we can no longer fall into this behavior of misuse of the positive. Have a good week.